Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. With our big automotive, electric, and hybrid issue right around the corner, um, we thought it would be informative to revisit one of the most criti- critical topics in that space, energy storage. And I can think of no better source for that topic than the Consortium for Battery Innovation. With 90 member companies worldwide, they support research into lead battery technology, and lately they've been promising a big leap in performance for energy storage. So it's my great pleasure to welcome back the Consortium's Director, Alistair Davidson. Alistair, thanks for joining us. And when we spoke last, we were discussing the future of energy storage, and you mentioned that lead batteries currently represent 75% of the market, and you predicted a huge surge in demand for energy storage over the next decade. So why don't you bring us up to speed. What are some of the highlights in lead battery technology over the last year and a half since we spoke last? Sure. Thanks very much. Uh, There's been a lot of work underway looking to improve lead battery performance, particularly in two areas, one of which is looking to improve their performance for hybrid vehicles, and the other area is looking to improve the cycle life for utility and renewable energy storage. And we've been involved in a lot of these projects, and there's some very exciting results that are coming out. But I specifically wanted to mention there's a lot of work looking at uh, what I would refer to as sort of a next-generation lead battery, which we call a bipolar battery. And in this battery, it's different than a conventional lead battery in that the plates have one side operating as the positive and the other as the negative, and they are separated by a membrane. This means these batteries are lighter, lighter, more affordable, and they have improved performance at partial state of charge, which is really key for future applications like micro and mild hybrid. For those vehicles, you need a battery that can provide start-stop functionality, but you also need a battery that can store energy that's generated from braking, which is referred to as regenerative braking. So these bipolar batteries, we believe, in the future could have some really exciting performance enhancements and be particularly good for renewable and hybrid applications. We're also seeing a lot of work underway in energy storage. We know that governments around the world are setting more ambitious goals and targets for decarbonisation and electrification. And in order to meet those, you need batteries. And I think that's going to result in a really massive increase in demand for batteries. And one battery technology alone would not be able to meet that demand. You need a range of battery technologies. And I think that really provides a significant opportunity for lead batteries because they're able to meet all the technical requirements in that field and also on a mass market scale. So a lot of work that we've been involved in is looking at mass opportunity in energy storage, which is why we think improving cycle life is so key for those applications because it results in a lower, t- lower total cost of ownership. So I'd say there are really the, the areas we're looking at at the moment, improving performance for hybrid vehicles, improving cycle life, and looking to de- develop those next-generation lead batteries. Mm-hmm. So... Before we, talk, before we cover the recent announcements from, from the consortium um, and, uh, you know, the subject of this call, let's briefly touch on the 500-pound the, the virus in the room. You know, how has COVID-19 affected the overall rollout of advanced energy storage technology? You know, we've all, we've all heard about auto plants yeah. being shut down and, and some even being repurposed to make hospital ventilators, but how, how is the coronavirus affecting energy storage? Um, so from, from our membership uh, point of view, obviously, the, as you mentioned, the automotive uh, companies closing down for a period of time has had an impact. About 65% of lead battery use goes into automotive applications, so that has had an impact on the industry. But I think going forward, our industry is 
cautiously optimistic, I would say. Uh, we think that in the future, it may be that people are traveling less by aeroplane uh, and traveling more by other routes, such as train and being able to drive, because it's easier to, uh, to social distance. And so that could actually be good news for the lead battery industry, because uh, as we've already explained, virtually every car on the road will utilize a lead battery from your conventional vehicle all the way up to your electric vehicle that will have a lead battery. And also trains can also use lead batteries as backup. So we actually see that this could be uh, could be a piece of good news for the lead battery industry. The uh, okay. the other areas uh, the, the other areas that we we think that could be some good news for for lead batteries is that we see that uh, the pollution is falling and the government wants to continue that, uh, and that may well be that there's a, there's a real drive to utilise more utility and renewable energy storage applications, something that we are seeing lead batteries use more and more in. And I think the other area is that uh, there's a real push to, for a sustainable agenda using materials that are recycled, battery technologies that are recycled, and lead batteries is the perfect example of that being completely recycled at end of life. And over 99% of lead batteries collected and recycled in the USA and, uh, and Europe. So I think from our point of view, there has been a, an impact, but we think, as I said, we're, we're cautiously optimistic for the future. Okay. All right. So, so the press release I saw... Um, mentioned an ongoing study with the consortium and the Argo National um, Laboratory. C could you briefly discuss that? Yeah, sure. I think that's a, a really exciting project. We're working, as you said, with the Argonne National Laboratory in Chicago, uh, working with their intense synchrotron X-ray beam, which is uh, called the APS, the Advanced Photon Source. And we're working with our U.S.-based members. This is a technique that's not currently been used to study lead batteries before. It has been used to study other technologies. And this is it's a really cool project. It means that we can study lead batteries in real time and amplitude. So we can actually see what's happening in real time in the charge-discharge reactions. And I think for a battery that's been around for over 150 years, it still surprises me that there's a lot to, to learn about the fundamental chemistry. And I think that really highlights the potential to, to maximize the performance of lead batteries even further. And I think the, the work that's being done at Argonne is really crucial to improving both the performance of lead batteries for uh, micro and mild hybrids and also improving the cycle life for, uh, for energy storage applications. So we're, we're really very excited about that project. Mm -hmm. So let's, let, let's touch on the, um, the consortium's new technical roadmap that, that you guys mentioned. I understand the program will be unveiled later this year, but could you give our audience a sneak preview? Yeah, so we actually already launched the uh, the roadmap at the uh, the end of end of last year. Uh, okay. We had specific goals and tar targets for research, um, one of which was in improving dynamic charge acceptance, which is a, a key technical parameter for automotive applications. It can be thought of as the uh, ability of a battery to store energy from regenerative braking. So we're looking to achieve two amps per amp hour by 2022, and the other highest priority is, is looking to achieve 5,000 cycles and a lifetime of 15 years by 2022 for utility and renewable energy storage applications. We, uh, we already started rolling out that, that program. Uh, we, for example, we've, uh, we've just started working with a US-based company called Advanced Battery Concepts and the EAI, which is a company based in Arizona. We're looking at developing, which I mentioned before, a new type of lead battery called uh, bipolar batteries, specifically for automotive applications. We've also got a number of projects underway trying to understand how you can use carbon and other materials to optimize the performance of lead batteries. And we're also looking at areas like how you can improve current 
lead batteries for future applications. So how, for example, you can use something like overcharging as a tool for improving the lifetime of lead batteries for energy storage. We're also planning to get more involved, as we've done with Argon, in using new techniques that haven't been used to study lead batteries. So not only X-ray diffraction, looking at using neutron diffraction, and we also have a project uh, that we just recently started with the University of California, UCLA, looking at studying lead batteries using a scanning transmission electron uh, microscope, which I think is, is very exciting. But what I would also say is we've, just, uh, we, we've been looking for new projects. We had uh, what we refer to as an RFP, a request for proposal out for new projects, and that's specific to energy storage, because we're actually seeing that lead batteries are now used in a, in a wide range of duty cycles and environments in that application. So they're using frequency regulation uh, microgrids. We see them being more increasingly used in peak shaving and shifting. Uh, we know that lead batteries are great for those applications, but they're actually relatively new. So we're going to be looking to, to fund a number of studies, understanding how lead batteries are used in these applications, how they perform, and how we can improve the performance even further. So we are looking to launch those projects uh, at the beginning of next year. That's one area that uh, the COVID has had a, a slight impact. There'll be a slight delay in the start of those new projects. Oh, great. Well, um, th thanks a bunch for your time, Alistair. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure, and we will definitely be following you very closely in the future. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And, and to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy, and have a great day.